Welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Elder Scrolls Legends. This episode is sponsored by Team Rankstar and Inked Gaming. Visit TeamRankstar.com for all the latest Tesla news, and visit Inked Gaming and use the code TRS12 to get 12% off your next order of customized gaming gear. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards and the meta and the community around the Elder Scrolls Legends. My name is Mark Lutz from just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and with me today I have Ian Garner, better known as DBN or Dead Broke Nerd, who's a returning uh, guest, uh, co-host here um, for the Legends Cast. How you doing, DBN? Oh, man, I'm doing awesome. I'm really hyped to be back on the show. I absolutely love doing this. And every time I listen to one of the episodes and hear about somebody else who came on and was a guest, uh, I sit there and I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could be. I wish I could ask them these questions. And uh, actually, I know people do submit their plenty of questions. Uh, so, you know, that, yeah, that's we always get a, most a, of our questions over our discord. Um, which actually had somebody chime in this week, ticked off once they joined my Discord, saying they couldn't find my Discord. Oh, oh my! I, I don't know. I guess we uh, Discordception, <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like l- literally someone messaged back like a second later, like, "Hey, you just gotta just Google it. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just Google it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make like light of anybody who was in our Discord. They they were just. They just came in hot and heavy. <laughs> no, no. I accidentally threw somebody under the bus last time I was on here. Uh, I forget. I think. Uh, I, I I like shouted out Beefquake for something silly that Beefquake said or something. But uh, awesome dude who runs the the Discord. But uh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> I'm just glad to be back, man. Well, good, man. I'm really glad. I'm honored to have you back on the show. Um, my life has been, as you can expect, to have a one-week-old um, and a two-year-old. Um, luckily, I've been off work, so being off work still right now means that I'm able to record tonight, which is fantastic, which it's currently Tuesday about like 9.30 p.m. where we are. Um, and luckily, me and Dead Broke Nerd are in the same time zone, which is rare um for evidently the people that i'm i've been recording with um but dbn um you know i like to kick off the episodes just like talking a little bit about hey what has our week in tesla been like have we been frustrated have we been enjoying it what decks we've been playing so tell us a little about like your week in tesla what has your week in tesla been like well i'm not gonna lie last week was uh I, i was frustrated um but i think that had more to do with running into three prophecy javelins were in one uh, in a row mm, uh, so that yeah, happened uh, last week uh, yeah but uh, i'm happy to report that it improved drastically since then uh, i had a great time casting warp meta with ian bits actually on sunday that was actually a blast and 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 ian bits is such a knowledgeable person it's always one of those things like when i cast with ian bits i get better at the game um it's always like we sit there and we we talk about the different lines of play and, and he always comes up with one that I'm like oh man yeah mm-hmm. like you didn't, I didn't see that I didn't see that one sure yeah 
Yeah, and uh, and so that was really fun. And also, um, it was it was pretty darn cool because uh, a friend of mine, Flo, won the event. And it was cool because yes. up until then, despite casting numerous events, I've never casted a game that Flo has, has played in until then. He was in all the qualifiers. He's been in Warp Meta and Team Rankstar and all these events. And I always make fun of him. Uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make fun of him on the uh, on the cast if I could ever cast a game that he was in. Uh, I didn't end up making fun of him. I actually kind of forgot, but that's too bad. But uh, yeah, it was too fun. excited. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh man, he's he's a good guy, and it's it's he's a really really nice guy to talk to too. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's cool to see him. It was cool to see him succeed with Halalu, but we can talk about that later. And then today on stream, I got to play my hulking scale on Swift Strike. Uh, Archer list, it kind of crushed it, so that felt good. Really? Because now I, I caught the beginning of your stream today, and you we were like talking about it, and then you went up with like Steel Mage, which is maybe my least favorite deck to play against. Um, <laughs> not because it's great, just because I'm mad. Um, and but you you ended up going back to the Hulking Scale on Archer eventually. Yeah, yeah. I started with Steel Mage uh, just because I wanted to kind of mess around with something different, and I don't play... Like, Mage is one of my least played classes, believe it or not. I've played... Like, there's a couple tricolors I still haven't played much of. Like, I haven't played much Ebonheart. I haven't really mm-hmm. played much um, Redoran. But uh, but of all of the base classes, like the dual-color classes, Mage is my least played by far. So I figured, hey, I'll try, I'll play around with some mage, you know, and it didn't go super well. I was also trying to be super janky with my list, blending tinkering with uh, stealing. So I'd steal something and then tinkering it. And it worked out really great for one game or uh, or so, but uh, it ended up not being very good. I mean, that's not going to work usually, but when it does work, it's going to be really cool. In fact, I think I saw the game where it did work, where you you like, you stole something and turned it into a 10-10 Daedra, and then... Like also like double transformed another one of your creatures on the board and turned it into something awesome. I, I definitely saw that particular game. Yeah, that game. Uh, I think my opponent after I transformed it into the um, that one danger that doubles his health and power, so or doubles a creature's health and power. In which case it was him. Uh, I think sure. my opponent scooped shortly after. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> think they actually took another turn. I think they saw it and they were like, "That's enough." That's they were enough. Like I'm gonna nope out of this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 frustrated. I'm officially frustrated. Uh, so I've been playing. Actually, you know, it's interesting that you say that the two you haven't played are Redoran and Ebonheart because that's two of my most played Tri-Kellers. Um, and you would think like, okay, Ebonheart, you must have played during Alliance War and played a lot of like Ebonheart, you know, lethal control rage. And that's actually not the case. I've I've played a lot of. I really enjoyed sort of like the mid-range to aggressive styles of Ebonheart, although they haven't been great. So this week, that's what I've been playing. I've been playing what I call Kitchen Sink Deck, um, <laughs> which uh, which plays its Ebonheart with a crap ton of consume, dragon synergies, and conscription. Um, and it, it runs all of that package in one deck. So you're running Flame Spear Dragons and Blood Dragons, um, and Negev, Negev, I don't know, the 7-7 seven, seven that can't be targeted with uh, Naglave. Naglave, um, and, and you're running the, the Blades Lookout to draw cards with your dragons along with Tiny Dargan. Um, then you're playing a bunch of, like, the early game consume cards along with um, Ill-Fated Scholars um, and the Ill-Fated Menatar guy. Um, and then you're also playing so many two drops that I just threw a couple of, of conscriptions on the end in case you can't push through because the deck doesn't have reach. So conscription serves as 
potential reach at the end of the game to refill the board and um, fight against that deck that had two ice storms um, and really enjoyed it. Um, I haven't done bad with it. I had not climbed it all this month. Honestly, like having a baby and also currently <laughs> currently owning um, Fire Emblem Three Houses um, has made it really difficult to climb in Legends. Um, but that that deck took me in one sitting from rank five to four, um, only losing like one or two times ranking up. Um, and so I've had a lot of success with it. I'm almost rank three right now with it, um, and I haven't really had a ton of time to play. In fact, it's like one of those days where you have a full quest log, and you, like before I go to sleep tonight, I got to clear at least one quest um, so that I can <laughs> yeah. pick up a, a new one tomorrow <laughs> so I don't feel guilty that I podcast about a show that I haven't even played enough to finish my daily quest yo don't don't talk to me about daily quests as as my chat uh knows i don't look at them and if i get them completed i'm like oh great nice (laughs) i don't look at them (laughs) well you know we we have an expansion to announce today but like i like having over 12,000 i mean i spent every gold that i had when moons of elsewhere come out and just completing daily quests and playing the game the amount that I do, I have over 12K right now. Hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't have any. I'm a dead broke nerd. I don't keep gold stored up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> not even in a virtual life, right? No, no, not even. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like part of your, it's the curse of the persona that you've created around your brand, right? Yeah, fiction <laughs> becomes reality, you know? <laughs> yeah, if, if if someone logs into your stream and sees five thousand gold, they'll they'll be like immediately, this person isn't trustworthy. He doesn't uh-huh. have integrity. He said that's he's broke. Right. He's clearly not broke. Yeah, that's right. They, yeah, somebody gets it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I listen. I strive very hard to cultivate uh, an impoverished uh, mentality on my channel. All right. <laughs> listen, listen, guys, my bag is, is that I'm poor and that's why you're coming to my stream. because I'm broke. Also, give me $5 a month. <laughs> there we go. See, see, that, that's, uh, that's largely the plan. We know you're a nerd. You have Amazon Prime. You don't actually go out and shop for anything. Give me that Prime subscription. There we go. Yeah, hook, hook your boy up. Uh, so, I, so I can buy the next set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm going to have it saved up for I'm it. Gonna, I'm not going to invest that money. <laughs> what, what do I look like? You know? <laughs> I make unwise financial decisions. That's my persona. And I have yeah, to live that you know? <laughs> I mean, if I, if I did, if I invested that money, I'd have to change my name. I, yeah. I can't rebrand at this point. Real rich nerd. No one yeah. wants to give money to real rich nerd. Heck no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you already had a you already had a logo made. It, it's too much. It's it's too much work to to, yeah, to start now over. I'm locked into financial uh, instability. So yeah, that's that's all. <laughs> that's, that's that's what you have left. That's 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 really funny. Um, well, okay, guys, that's how me and, that's how me and Ian are doing. Um, so <laughs> this show this show is so different from the last one. So the last episode was a solo episode. I had been up with like two or three hours of sleep every night. I had just had a child. Um and I was like like I gotta get an episode out. Like I wanna I wanna continue engaging with the community. This episode is so much different because this is this is the announcement episode. Like this is the 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 episode of big announcements. 
So let's just start, and then I'm going to let Ian jump in and, and kind of share his two cents as well. Um, but the first big announcement is is that um, Deadbroke Nerd, who I will now start calling Ian probably more often, um, is is no longer an occasional co-host or a returning guest. Um, he is now a host of Legends Cast, and so I messaged uh, Ian and asked him if he would be willing to host the show with me. And he's agreed to host the show with me. So we're going to be sharing some of the responsibilities of the show. But that means that every week now it's going to be me and uh, and DBN on Legends Cast. So Legends Cast is now officially mine and DBN's podcast. Um, in addition to that, um, in the near future, we're no longer just going to be doing this over audio. Um, this show will now be audio and video if you tune in at the right time. So on DBN's uh, Twitch channel, um, which you'll know by the end of this episode, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern time um, on Tuesday nights, DBN and I and whatever guests that we have on the show are going to be recording live on Twitch.tv. And so you'll be able to tune into his channel, follow his channel, and tune in live for the recordings of the episodes. Um, and you can actually then comment inside of uh, and, and ask us questions like right on the spot or engage with us in the middle of the show. Um, and that'll be that that chat is something that we're going to be keeping eyes on. Um, in addition to that, there may be like some additional content for the show coming in the future now that. Um, Ian is on board and is going to be uh, joining this with us, which is just absolutely incredible. And I'm honored to have uh, DBN as someone who's going to be on the show um, permanently. Well, you know, permanently is a big word, but for the foreseeable future, um, we're going to be doing this show together. It's a huge, huge honor to have him um, join the show as a weekly host along with me. Um, and I, I'm super excited for his connections and getting to know him and engaging with him um, over conversation around the Elder Scrolls Legends. That's enough out of my mouth. Um, Ian, man, I'm, I just want to say thank you. Um, thank you so much for being on the show the last over the last couple of months and supporting me as a podcaster, I, I really deeply appreciate your support of me and your support of our discord, your support of everything that we're doing. Um, and now even further to, to join the show um, as, as a full host on a weekly basis. I'm honored. I'm humbled. I'm so, so thankful. So thank you, man, so much for joining the show. Yeah, dude, I, I'm super happy to be here. Like I, I know I said that and I probably said it a couple times now. The thing is like, I just love talking about card games. I just, I, I, I'm a nerd. I've always been one. And if you know one thing about nerds, you can't get them to shut up when they're talking about something that they love. And it's even better to be doing it uh, with someone who's so down to earth and, you know, just relaxed and chill and clearly enjoying it as you are. And as the guests that we've had in the past are, I mean, Tesla's got such a dang good community. I mean, it really does. I'm always astounded uh at both both the positivity but also just the helpfulness of the different people in the community i get people coming into my twitch chat um who are just happy to to say hi and you know i get i'm always checking the the discord that that legends cast has built has actually become such a cool place for people to to share ideas and help out it's been it's been awesome and when mark reached out and asked me to be on the show Full disclosure, I was really hoping he would do that. I was like, I I, I could see myself doing this for sure. Um, oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I and, and, you know, it's one of those things that I've, I've been involved in several other groups 
uh, and podcasts and events. I did DBN and friends and stuff, and, and it's all been great. And I, I, I'm not, uh, you know, downing any of that because I've, I've enjoyed all those experiences. But this is one that I found has been really, really special. And I, and I, and I, I honestly just have to credit it uh, to Mark for putting out such a welcoming environment. So it's just it's awesome to be involved. Hey man, well thank you. And, and like I said, I I'm really I really feel like I'm the honored one to have someone who's willing to come on the show. You know, when you start a project and it's sort of like a hobby or a passion project for you, and then other people connect with it in a significant way, right? Because like uh, like in in nerd culture, like first off, what I believe as an individual and the convictions that I hold as a person and as a man, like they're not the most welcomed things in the environment. Uh, that I'm that I'm in in the arena in the internet period, and so like the fact that people have been welcoming and embracing me and and haven't shunned me because I'm a pastor, haven't shunned me because I'm a Christian, haven't shunned me because of what I believe, but instead have sort of like embraced that and and supported me has been huge. And, and just to be perfectly honest with you, it's something that I was intimidated about. Like in my previous podcast, I wasn't open about what I believed, um, even though that was like my day to day job and that was my entire life. Like I wasn't open with that. And I've been able to be very open and support people. And then not only that, to have people um, from the community who have not only been supportive, but now to have you, Ian, who's willing to be on the show on a weekly basis is huge for me. I mean, it's very affirming to hear um, to, to hear people say that like this is good content, like they enjoy the experience that they're – I had someone message us this week and said, I'm quote unquote a dedicated listener. And I'm like – Nice. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's super cool but what does that even mean for a podcast it's been out for like eight weeks right it's like or i mean i don't know i guess it's been two or three months now but like what is that but like that's so cool like that is that's a really cool thing that people are sort of like associating and identifying themselves with this community um and you've been one of the biggest supporters uh of the show for sure um even in the discord like consistently being in the deck tech channel engaging with people giving people advice sort of like new players who just don't really know you know what card is good and what should i be doing next um you've been there over and over again and and i i do really appreciate it so um that's the announcement dbn is now an official host of legends cast he's gonna be here every week with us yeah, and so I'm, I, I, the other thing that's I think we talked about that just because uh, I'm not sure if you if you if you mentioned it, hopefully we'll be able to also start putting up uh, like bods of the yes. of it on the YouTube channel that I have. So we should be able to no matter if, if you miss it or if you want to see our our sparkling faces or if you just want to hear us because you're tired of looking at me, you know, any all those options should be available to you. Yeah. So DBN just has to get what you have to get. Um, we're we're going to set up streaming literally like are we going to are we going to shoot like is the aim next week? I don't want to make a promise that we can't fulfill. I think I mean, I definitely have at least a placeholder overlay I can get set up that has Team Rankstar stuff all over it. I mean, we are yes. still uh, involved with Team Rankstar. So well, uh, actually the here here announcement number two. Are you ready? Um, I've been uh, I've been offered an official <laughs> an official team member position with Team Rankstar this week as well. Um, Lasergician still has some of that stuff to set up, but I will be I don't actually know what that means. I asked Lasergician, he said he wasn't actually sure what that means. Um, <laughs> None but, of us are. <laughs> but evidently on the Discord now there'll be like brackets that say TRS before my name. Um, whatever. I, I I don't know. Like I'm just I happy. I'm happy to manually input that. 
but we just don't yell at you if you put that in and you're not actually a member. See, if you did oh. that, then we'd yell at you. We'd be like, boo. But, <laughs> don't, but now, don't now we won't boo you. Yeah, see, you're set. <laughs> God, you're I, think some, I think there's some sort of announcement. And they usually, like, every time they make an announcement of the next team member um, and they put it on their front page, like, the picture that they choose of the person is awful. It's like it's <laughs> awful, dude. Like I don't know where they find them. I don't know if they just Google them and like just pick the first one. It's so bad. So like I really hope when they announce it that they ask me to send a picture, and it's it's not just like me with three chins and like yeah. my shirt off or something. Like like oh man, please let me send you the picture. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, I I don't know. I watched some people and it was just. It's just bad. I think the picture they got for mine was when I wore a, a tinfoil hat that I shaped like the Skyrim horned helmet. Uh, <laughs> and that one I was pretty happy with. Uh, okay. so. you, can own, you can own that one. That one's yeah, 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 yeah. That's my, I think that's my Twitter uh, picture. So. Okay, nice. So that's um, that's that's announcement number that's announcement number two. Announcement number three is that we're going to have a Twitter as well in the next week or so, um, and uh, and Ian's going to be managing that Twitter account. So um, uh, probably certainly not the end of this episode, but hopefully at the end of episode number seventeen, we'll be able to tell you or eighteen or so, we'll be able to tell you about the Twitter account. You can follow us there for for updates um, from that. And yeah, so you'll definitely be able to check out VODs on DBNs. Um, YouTube channel, probably, I'm going to say probably in the next month or so, maybe before that, um, you'll be able to pick up VODs and hopefully next week, if you want to catch this show and you don't want to wait till Friday to, to hear it, you can actually tune in to, um, the live stream next Tuesday at 9 PM Eastern time to catch what we're going to be talking about next week, which will be awesome. Oh yeah. And maybe we'll be lucky enough. We can get a guest on next week too. Oh man. There's so many to choose from. Well, yeah, I've had a good, I've had a good selection of individuals who've been on the show. Like, but there are a lot of other people yet who, like, I just think, like, just, uh, I mean, just in, in already we talked about Flo has never been on the show. Uh, yeah. And I've never even shot him a message. So, um, you know, uh, Abel Wild um, has been willing to be on. I've never had Abel, uh, oh, Abel on dude. anything. That guy, he's the real deal, man. I, I, uh, yeah, uh, Abel Wild is my Abel. man. Yeah, I think I don't think he cares how you say it, but I one time, but the way he says it is a bell, so I just kind of picked that one up. Yeah, but uh, that that dude's that dude's great too. He's got a great community as well, so a lot of positivity coming from that man. It just kind of radiates. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, and he's doing things right for the community with tournaments and stuff that even honestly, even Bethesda is not doing right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's creating opportunities for new players and, and people to engage with the game that, that they're not, I mean, that you can't even get in the client. Like he's making that happen, which is, oh, yeah. which is really cool, which I guess is something we should probably. So the announcement, of course, TBN's joining, look for the Twitter account, look for the live streams. We're becoming um, officially connected with TRS in a, in a more significant way. Um, but DBN, tell us about Singleton Gauntlet, you and Singleton Gauntlet. Because that's news. Like people have been in Singleton Gauntlet. Um, did you play it? Did you check out? Check it out. Uh, so here's an interesting story. On so last um, Tuesday. Okay, so so seven days ago, uh, I sat down on my stream and we played Tessel, uh, as one is wont to do, and I ended up queuing up uh, Singleton Talvani. 
And I made a couple adjustments, put some new stuff in from Moons of Elsewhere. I hadn't really touched Singleton Telvanni till post-Alliance War. Um, so now, you know, a couple months separated from Moons, I figured, hey, let's just revisit it. I never play Telvanni. That's another one of my least played uh, classes. So I figured, all right, we'll, we'll just we'll just jam some some Telvanni games, and maybe I'll get the Telvanni card back because uh, I still had not done that. Oh, okay. So we, you gotta get, we you gotta successfully secured the Telvanni card back. So good nice. news. Uh, I mean, that, that's what, 25 wins? I still hadn't done that. Uh, and I've played how many hours of this game? Like, too many. <laughs> yeah, and Telvani was very popular for a very long time. I think that's why I never did it. I was like, oh, Telvani, ugh, ugh, you know? <laughs> yeah, scumbags play Telvani. Yeah, right, you know. So I, so I did that. I did Singleton Telvani. Uh, and then uh, two days later, it gets announced that the Singleton gauntlet <laughs> is going to happen two days after... Uh, I played a billion games on Singleton Delvani, did pretty well with it, and I'm like, oh man, I've already got my deck, I'm ready to roll, I'm gonna jam this, uh, jam this gauntlet, and then I got slammed by work over the weekend, I run an Ultimate Frisbee League, uh, oh, which I, I do on Saturdays, um, so I have to set it up, I have to close, you know, tear it down, etc. And then I immediately had work afterwards. And then I ended up, uh, I think, working Sunday as well. I never got a chance to play a single game. I didn't even oh. load my deck. That's how I was never next to my computer for a whole weekend. Hang on. I, I do have to ask you one one question. Oh, yeah. Right. As, as, as now as now your your host, right, with mm. you, right, as co-host. Uh-oh. How much teardown could Don't there possibly right be? In Ultimate Frisbee. Do you just have to go pick up a Frisbee? You mean how much setup? No, how much teardown? You said you had to tear oh. down after Ultimate well, so, Frisbee. What could there... Is there so just a Frisbee? The so you have to put out all the fields, put out all the cones. Uh, well, actually, we don't use cones. We use uh, football pylons. Um, and then we have these uh, field lines that okay. we can roll out and set up. And i got to be honest, they are a pain in the butt. Sometimes I don't I don't put them out even though I really probably should because they're super helpful. For the record, uh, anybody who's ever played uh, ultimate frisbee, it is a self-officiated sport until you get to the higher levels. Okay, so there's an entire sure. system of rules in place so that players call their own fouls. They call themselves in or out of bounds, and then if they disagree, there's a series of rules that say, okay, well, I'm going to contest that call. So instead of it being a, a score, it'll go back to the thrower, but it won't be a turnover. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't, but I believe off, you. Right. Well, so of course, as a nerd, I know all of those rules. Uh, but uh, but so what that means is that there's the little times where if you just put up cones and you land sort of on the line, everyone's going to argue about whether you're in or you're out sure. of bounds. Right. And since there's technically no uh, judge to make the final ruling, uh, it tends to spiral sometimes. And so we have field lines so that we can definitively know if you're in or out of bounds. Um, so this is this is like a little bit more like, okay. so my experience of Ultimate Frisbee is like, okay, everyone, like go to the closest, flattest area. And that tree is a touchdown (laughs) and that fire hydrant is the other touchdown. And let's just let's just throw the frisbee and run. This is this is a lot more legit. Oh, it's a lot more. You, you, when you this when you start serious. talking about frisbee with me, you better not do that again. Uh, just fair warning. Uh, so I played I played a, on a Division One college program for ultimate frisbee, and yes, oh, wow. they have. Okay. This. Yeah. So uh, that's that's like that's that they probably have chalk lines, right? Like. Uh yeah. So we played on a we actually we practiced on a on a, the really nice turf field uh, that they had. Ooh. 
Uh, and then, yeah, we, we could. Now, did we get a lot of funding? Heck no. But, uh, <laughs> well, but no, we, we were a very competitive program. So, I mean, it, it, when you get to, especially at college level, it, 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 they, they take it seriously, man. I, I will say in college, I played a lot of disc golf. Oh, I love disc golf. That's now, disc, disc golf is kind of a stoner sport. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like the I can't tell you how many times I came to the next hole and we just played through because there was like guys smoking blunts at that hole, like just. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. But I loved it. I mean, I don't smoke weed, but like I I love disc golf. That was. Uh, and it's also just a very relaxing thing to do. Like, like honestly, like. Yes. I mean, just just kind of like golf, but without all the um, it's not expensive. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so now if you play Elder Scrolls Legends, you now know some of the general rules around um, more official Ultimate Frisbee. And you also know that if you want to relax, play disc golf. It's true. Uh, so this is the prime time Tesla content you all came here for. Yeah, this is the Frisbee Tesla content that, that, you, that, you, <laughs> that you came here for. Okay, so you didn't get to play the Singleton Gauntlet. I did. I got to play Singleton. Um, and and the at least on the iPad app for Tesla. Um, everything is still bugged. Is there an enormous amount of noise in the background right now? No. I, when you are not talking, sometimes I don't notice it. To be honest, it doesn't seem okay. super bad. Fantastic. It's just my freezer in this horrible eighty-year-old basement that I'm in. Um, so hopefully it'll shut off soon. Um, so anyway, um, I did get to play Singleton Gauntlet. I played Ebonheart Singleton. Um, but I did not play uh, Ebonheart Mushroom Tower Singleton, which everybody else is like, just play purple and play play Mushroom Tower. Um, so I didn't do bad. I think I did a five and three, a seven and three, and a one and three. Now that I say it, it sounds bad. Um, I ended 16th, but that was right at the beginning, and the app is broken, so it never updated. So, um, so you I ended 16th. <laughs> yeah, I, I was number 16 officially, and I, I was never able to update to see what my actual rating was. So I don't, I don't know what I was, but I had fun. I enjoyed it. Um, definitely um, Telvani Siege Mushroom Tower is super annoying and awful, um, and it was it was just awful. Like, it was just terrible to play against. Um, but other than that, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I, it, the Singleton Gauntlet I liked a lot more than the Popper Gauntlet. Wasn't a huge fan of Popper Gauntlet. Um also didn't do real well in the popper gauntlet, but yeah. did like the same. So the I did play the popper gauntlet. Um, okay. I only did got to do one run again. My so so here's the thing, guys. If y'all are always like, man, what does DB and do all day? He gets up in the morning and plays cards for four hours. Man, God, what a bum. Well, you're kind of right, but my weekends are nuts. Uh, so the gauntlets really, uh, it's almost slightly disappointing uh, because as cool as the gauntlets are, and I'm glad, I'm so glad that we have them. Um, I rarely get to get all my runs done because yeah, you're just too busy. Yeah. So I can usually, uh, if I stream on Friday, I can knock out one run. Um, and I'm usually too tired to do two or three runs back to back. I, I that, it's just something I, I, I'll get like, uh, you know, burned out a little bit if I tilted. try to do like two or three runs. Well, it's not necessarily tilted. So I did the popper. I went six and three. Um, the first time I did Popper, and I had built my own. Um, I, I was like, all right, I know that East Empire Craft is going to be nuts, and I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do anyways. Sure. Uh, and so I built a item battle mage list that capitalized on the Riyadh battle mage and Riyadh horseman and used mm-hmm, Prowl mm-hmm. Smuggler to be able to hand out free items to everything. Manic okay, Jack, sure. I think, is a common. Yeah, yeah, yeah Manic Jack. And it, it actually mm-hmm. performed 
excellently. I beat, uh, so I ran into uh, four or five East Empire Crafter decks, and I split wins with them. So, so two okay. and two against East Empire Crafter with the item BM. Uh, it was cool. Uh, that one. So, so really, you asked me about Singleton, and I ignored you and talked about Popper. But that's um, fine. That's fine. They're both uh, recent. Yeah. No. So, well, the, the Singleton one, I actually was was very interested in not in running a aggro um, Singleton because I think that red can actually could actually facilitate it. Now, I have no data on this. I don't know how anyone who did this did. But I was talking with Hockle actually uh, to a good amount. Uh, about the the concept of running red, partly because you have all these mobilized items, um, mm-hmm. covenant plate, ornamented sword, and and ebon thread cloak. Which, by the way, I'm super high on that mechanic. Yeah, you love ebon cards. thread coat too, right? Like ebon thread cloak is mm-hmm. like that's your jam. Like you really like that card. I really like mobilized items. I okay. think that they're really flexible. They're solid top decks because they can be reach, but they're also fine if you draw them. Um, you know, on two and you don't have a two drop, you, okay, well, now I have a, you know, I have ornamented sword. Well, it's a three, two for two. It's, it fills your curve in, but also gives you utility, gives you reach. Like it fills a lot of different roles. Uh, so, so I really the, like these cards. And I, I was the only time one. it feels bad is when you, when you want to go wide, but can't because you have a creature in each lane. Right. Oh yeah. That's yeah, why yeah, it feels bad. And, and that's where like you are a little more careful, probably play. Luckily red doesn't, doesn't love going uh, wide. Red typically likes going, you know, uh, all in on one lane. Um, and so what you can tend to do is, okay, if I really want to, if I really don't have space here, you're probably just just bulking up on field lane. Uh, you can usually drop it over into shadow if you if you don't have another play. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I definitely see that see that argument. I think uh, Covenant Mail in purple is excellent as well. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that many of the mobilized cards also have prophecy, right? Yeah, the the, that's, the plate, that's the covenant plate, and the covenant mail definitely do, yeah. <clears throat> but um, so okay, so you played some item battle mage of the pomper gauntlet or I, item BM? Is that, yeah, item uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Well, I you know, I say. Oh, so go ahead. I think Singleton. There was a couple of people from our Discord who ran Crusader. And um, I was alarmed at the amount of both mid-range aggro well, – it was really aggro or control. Um, but I got beaten by several control crusaders, and I, I did not expect that. Well, that's, um, that's interesting. I think um, – see, see that – okay. Singleton is, is fascinating because I think Telvani Singleton is uh, – it's obviously the best. Yes. At least at a consistent basis. And the reason why is those three colors all have all want to play similarly um, in many ways, and they all work together very, very well um, because it, they complement each other well, I guess I, I should really – I should say. And we're at the point in the game where with eight sets plus the two, uh, the Forgotten Hero and the Madhouse collection, we yes. have eight sets and two little tiny sets. You have so many freaking cards that you can just take the 75 best cards and put them together into Telvani. Like, and Telvani, of course, like I said, blue, purple, and green, they're the three best controlling colors, arguably. Now, I know you're missing out on javelins and blah, 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 blah. Sure, you're missing a lot of, like, the point point and click removal that that yellow is going to bring to the table. But, like, in terms of creatures, like, you get so many – a lot of the creatures double as either removal or defensive tech. 
in those three colors. And so it's just, I, you know, it, they seem to go together well. Plus you get the Mushroom Tower synergies with blue. And then, of course, you get the card draw with green and and more removal with, like, you know, pro, like more proactive removal, I guess I'd say, with, like, Leaf Lurkers and stuff like that. It's just, it's just good. Like, Talvani Singleton probably, like, I laddered with it at rank two and went, like, seven and one with it. Like, sure. it's, it's good enough to play in an open environment, much less a closed one. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing, right? Like that, like like Singleton Telvani is is really only like one or more powerful Singleton like exclusive cards away from being, you know, potentially like tier two. Um, yeah. Just in the meta in general, like just in like against fifty card aggro decks, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's like yeah. it's like almost a tier two card against agro agro crusader like and that that's psychotic like that's crazy i mean honestly it's kind of cool because i think that you know people call them singleton i call them highlander because highlander is a term that came from match of the gathering and so when i when i think of like one only like one card of each is like i think of highlander decks um so if i if i say that it's just because it's, it's what i default to but like telvani highlander for me is i'm glad that it's viable like I'm, I'm glad that they pushed that to the point that it became viable. There was like a season in Hearthstone where they pushed um, some some decks. I think like maybe Priest Mage and Warlock um, Highlander decks to the point where they became viable. Um, and and there was a couple of like really good. They called them Reno decks because they had put in Reno Jackson, which restored your health to full if you didn't have any doubles in your deck. Um, and I, I definitely. I, I like the fact that there there could be like one or I don't want there to be a ton of viable ones, but I'm I'm perfectly okay with a couple of different classes having a viable singleton format to play. Yeah, and what's interesting there is a couple things. One, um, yeah, Reno honestly was one of my favorite environments in Hearthstone, the Reno meta, just because like I liked that kind of. You have a thirty card deck, and when you play control with a thirty card deck. Um, and you're not playing Singleton, you just see the same thing over and over and over again. So what was mm-hmm. cool about seeing uh, a lot of you know Control Mage with Reno, Control Warlock with Reno, was that um, you would see lots of different approaches to it uh, because and some yeah, creative, have, some creativity mm-hmm. there too. Yeah, and I think it's the same with with Tessel, uh, especially when you get to 75 card variants, uh, because there's so many slots to fill. And and granted, that's the other thing too. You're talking about them pushing. Um, singleton and the best part is they don't have to push it they just release more sets mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, yes. and and that's so they could they like i mean how long have those as as siege and all those been in the game it's, it's been in here for a while it's just and they that, haven't been viable yet yeah it just naturally progresses and i you know if we went four more sets without a rotation they would probably be really scary or maybe not but the point is that's how they it scales with the number of options you have because you don't get the double down and I like that I really do um, I think Singleton's a fun way to play and it finally is. finally uh, just a quick tidbit I was first introduced to the concept of running a single copy in a deck uh, in a game called Versus System uh, in which the uh, it was Marvel and DC superheroes fighting each other. I've probably talked about it before. Uh, it was kind of the... Uh, I played Yu-Gi-Oh!, but Versus System was the first game I ever played competitively. Okay. And uh, they introduced that concept in a DC set based around uh, the Arkham Asylum and all of the uh, all of the inmates at Arkham Asylum. And they called the, the, 
it was the keyword insanity because you'd have to be insane to not run duplicates. Oh, <laughs> it was oh. great. Yeah, that would be. I mean, that would give you right. Like, that would give you like such good like fond memories of Highlander singleton decks. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, think a lot of people who come from Magic the Gathering have something similar because they they call them Highlander, but they also call them Commander, and they're the hundred card decks where everyone can only play a single copy of each card, and you have a Commander in your deck that you can bring back to the board over and over again, and that's become an extremely popular format in the in the ever growing competitive field of Magic the Gathering because it's just a little bit looser and a little bit more fun. And yeah, I think that I've heard I think that, that people around. have. Yeah, I think that people have found – like I think that, that, that it connects to some fond memories of Magic the Gathering for people as well. Sort of like an arcade mode of playing that game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one. Well, okay, so we have another – so those are like three big announcements so far this episode. But there's another big announcement, and this one comes from um, Bethesda, and that's a new expansion coming out. But I actually – I have to get up and walk away from my microphone for a second. So what we're going to do is, DBN, you're going to take it away and talk about – let's talk about the expansion that just got released, when it's coming out, all that stuff. Give us the details on the new content coming from uh, Tessel Team. Oh, yeah. So we've got the third expansion of the year. Uh, I just announced today, September 24th, which is the Elder Scrolls Legends Jaws of Oblivion. Now, you guys can go onto legends.bethesda.net uh, and find that article. It's up on their page, the announcement article. You can also go onto Reddit and find it there. The subreddit for Elder Scrolls Legends has all of the stuff that you need. Uh, so there is a trailer, official teaser, which shows off a bunch of the artwork for that's going to be incorporated here and then of course there were three cards spoiled for this new set all of which are going to well really more than anything else frankly it kind of demonstrates the type of stuff we're going to be looking at which for anyone who's unaware the oblivion is a alternate dimension i believe that is occupied by these creatures known as daedra it was featured pretty prominently in the elder scrolls legends oblivion obviously which was the fourth installment before the one before skyrim actually um which saw a bunch of oblivion gates uh, tear open the empire of cyrodiil during the what's called the oblivion crisis that's about the extent of the lore i know as i was talking to my chat today i really don't know much about the lore because I didn't play the main quest line in Oblivion, so bad on me. But what we're going to have is over 75 new cards, so it's going to be another of the um, smaller sets similar to Moods of Elsewhere, so it won't be too terribly difficult uh, to collect. There's going to be a new mechanic called Invade. Now, we don't actually know what Invade does. Now, I've heard that it's supposed to be fairly complicated, uh, or rather, not maybe not complicated, but in-depth, like it has a lot of uh, uh, implications. Um, so it hasn't been explained yet, but I hear that that's going to happen very soon. Um, the description on it says that it will summon otherworldly oblivion gates and build their havoc-wreaking power before your opponent can shut them down. Now that sounds really cool, and I'm almost wondering... Frankly, this is pure hy hypothesis here. Uh, if that will connect to the experimentation with lane effects that we saw with mm. that on and Sill um, mm. in in, uh, in Isle, so I that you know could. I kept yeah I kept waiting for more of that. You know that they've been messing around with it, and I was I was thinking this this might be what we're looking at, which might be why they're hesitant to kind of tell us right now because it's a very different thing. Now, um, we're also going to have several enhancements to Legends, 
including a new board or a play mat, depending on how you how you prefer it, um, yep, which is yep, always yep. cool. That comes with all of them. There's going to be new card backs to earn. So for anybody who really loved getting that uh, undead summoning one, I, I didn't get, I didn't get that one done yet. Eventually, I, I got it. It's awesome. And there's going to be four. There's going to be four new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four new card backs. Oh yeah, they're going to be sweet. And, and honestly, there's a there's one for the pre-order which looks pretty darn cool. Now it's going to take a lot it for is. me to to want to give up my uh, my Dragonstone one uh, from the from the last set. But uh, yeah, there's going to be two new theme decks, which honestly, and, and, and let me let me just pause for a second. I think theme decks are the best thing that that Tesla can do because it allows players to choose where they start to build their collection. New players that come mm-hmm. in get to look at all the theme decks and all the information's right there and they can say, oh man, I really like this approach. I want to go for it. Now, yeah, there are some theme decks that are better than others on Kano's Cunning, uh, right? Uh, sure. I mean, that's like a, he's got to get that, right? Yeah, like, Kano is just a uh, super good card. But I really do like that they keep adding new theme decks. I think it, it's been something that makes me want to recommend it to new players because I say, hey, look, there's all these different ways to play. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have those, those coming in. New music, which I know everybody's hyped for. I actually, if I remember correctly, uh, the music director for Oblivion, so that the game Elder Scrolls Oblivion, uh, was Howard Shore, who I'm fairly certain did the music for Lord of the Rings. Are you serious? That's cool. I, I am like 90% sure that that is the case. Well, don't fact check us. Now. If you listen to this episode, do not look that up on the internet. Just assume that we're correct. I'm looking it up now because I I'm pretty sure, but yeah no it, it's uh it's it's I'm I'm assuming that that's gonna come in here uh and come okay. to play here but um and then of course there is the uh, pre-order that was announced so for uh, 50 bucks you get 50 packs so that's a one for one deal you also get the dope card back which looks like a giant mm-hmm. eye of Sauron yes um, it does looks just like the eye of Sauron <laughs> yeah I mean it's supposed uh, to be like an Oblivion game it looks like an eyeball. <laughs> It does, indefinitely. Uh, but uh, and then you also get a legendary pack and a title, the Herald. I don't think I'm going to be giving up the Transmogrifier anytime soon, but that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I think I have. I, I either run the Founder or the Hungry because the Hungry was the one that you had to use the fork enough times, <laughs> and the Founder is the one that you had to purchase like enough stuff when the game first came out to yeah. to get the Founder the Founder thing. So I, I, I have one of those too. This looks great. And and here's here's the thing. Here's the music, that's key. And and it here's the reason, right? Music reeks, reeks of nostalgia for people. Right. Like if, if you want to get my nostalgia like rolling, like boot up the soundtrack to Pokemon Red. Oh yeah. Right? Like and I'm on the sixth grade school bus trading Pokemon through a cable connected to two Game Boys with 40 pounds of AA batteries in them, right? Like, that's where I am. And, like, when when they came out with, like, Pokemon, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, I wasn't even interested in it. And then I heard the soundtrack, and I was like, I, that that's it like that's me like that i gotta i gotta have that like i have to play through that and and that was huge for me and there are some people who for for them oblivion was the introduction to real video games 
and and Oblivion was the introduction to role playing games for them. Period. And and you know, for me, if I hear the soundtrack to Skyrim, it takes me to a good place. But for other people, <laughs> for so many people, Oblivion, the soundtrack to Oblivion, is the thing that takes them to a good place. And if they boot up this game and they hear some of that soundtrack from Oblivion, like it it, it will it will definitely draw people in who have not been in this game. Like, oh, I, yeah, I don't think it can be understated how big of a deal that soundtrack could potentially be for bringing new players to the game. It seems so silly, but I, I think it's going to be a bigger deal than what people think. Like, nostalgia has the power to draw people in and to keep people. Um, like, if you just look at Netflix right now, like, basically all that they do is they make money off of benefiting from 90s kids' nostalgia. Um, the, I mean, that's, that's all of those shows are to, are to make money off of nineties kids. And, and I think that there's some, there's some power in the, in the, in the audio that could come out in the new music that could come out with this, this expansion for sure. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, music sets the tone. Yes. And, um, and the, the card back is sick. The card back is super cool. Now, DBN, are you, do you pre-purchase? Are you a pre-order person? Sometimes it depends where I'm at financially. Uh, <laughs> uh, the set, okay. By, by the way, the set does drop on the October the eighth. Yeah, which is not that. far from now. No. Um, by the way, I also mixed up my composers. I was incorrect. It is Jeremy Soule. Um, so my apologies. Uh, heavily influenced by Howard Shore, but but that is incorrect. It's Jeremy Soule. My bad. Jeremy Soule is actually an excellent composer as well, who's done several. Uh, pretty notable uh video game soundtrack so uh yeah good stuff but anyways the um the thing with the pre-order is it's going to depend on how i how i'm doing collecting rent money by the time october 7th rolls around uh so we'll see (laughs) okay well you know i've built up a pretty sizable chunk of golden gems so i don't think this is one that i'm going to pre-order um, I'd like to, cause I do like the card back, but at this point, like I have enough saved up that I'm basically going to be spending $50 on a card back. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm not like, I'm getting I mean, the packs, but yeah, you know what but it I means have is... enough saved up that I'll be able to get whatever I want from this set without right. having to buy 50 packs. Right. Yeah, that's true. So the, the thing that has to make me pull the trigger is like, I have to want this card back enough to spend the $50. Yeah, I guess I guess you, I can look. I guess I can see that for sure, especially if you got enough stuff saved up. Like I, for one, don't. So I'll, I mean, I'll probably get it. I'll probably get it. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things. Unfortunately, it also comes at the same time as the new Gwent set, and mm. I love both of those games. That so so Gwent is my, you know, if I can get myself to settle down and not feel guilty for playing card games and not you know, recording. Gwent is the one I'll sit down at the end of a day. It's, you know, I'm tired. I, you know, I can't relax with Elder Scrolls Legends anymore just because it's so associated with hype and, you know, got to entertain and stuff like that. So, so Elder Scrolls Legends is um, not a wind down game for me. It's a wind up game. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, sure. But, but Gwent is one of those wind down games. Oh, I'll just play like two games. I'm just going to play two games of Gwent and then mm. I'll go to bed. Right. Uh, and so the new Gwent sets coming out, which is always tough where I'm like, oh, God, it's all hitting at one time. My poor wallet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Like it, that's part of the plight of playing more than one card game. Right. 
Uh, I'm listen. I'm not a one card game kind of man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to be. I, it, it, it doesn't have to do with well it does have to like my wife would kill me right because I'm, I'm married so it's not that the money isn't there but my wife would murder me but um it, it's really it's really just the fact of like time right like i have enough time for a card game in elder scrolls legends that's like what's kept me off of Mythgard is that although i, I think I, that i would probably enjoy Mythgard, um and i've sort of liked looking at what i've liked what i've seen of Mythgard so far it's like is that really something that i will I don't know that I have the time to invest in it. Like it, the, the time oh, yeah. has to come from somewhere else. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah and it, you know, it, it's one of those things like, to be honest, um, I take all of the other card games much less seriously, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't bother to rank up in any of the other card games. I, I, anytime a Hearthstone set comes out, I usually, you know, put a little bit of money into it and just to play around with the new hunter stuff. Cause the hunter is my favorite class. It's the only one I've gotten golded. Uh, you know, I, with a, it was a 500 ranked wins or something like that. Yeah, I've got I, when I played Hearthstone, I was a 500 rank win on every class. I had I had full golden classes in Hearthstone. Yeah, no. So Hunter is the only one I have done that with, and it's because I just have obsessively loved Hunter the whole time. I just like the way the cards are designed. I like Beast Tribal synergies. I liked when they added Spell Hunter. So you know, so I'll tune in, get you know, craft up all the Hunter legendaries, play with all the new Hunter cards, and then kind of, you know. Uh, let it slide again, you know? Uh, and I think Gwent and Mythgard, well, Mythgard, I don't know. I just started playing it. I actually really do like Mythgard, but uh, Gwent, you know, it's one, another one of those games where I just kind of, I tune in, play a couple games a week, tune out again. You know, I'll watch some, I've got a couple streamers I like watching, I'll watch them play. And I can live kind of vicariously through um, mm-hmm. Gwent content creators. I can be like, I can get my Gwent fix watching, you know, um, mcbeard or flake two really good gwent players by the way um and i can kind of like okay i got my fill of gwent today and through that i can't do that with tesla anymore i honestly sometimes have a hard time um actually watching a board when i'm watching a streamer like i just won't watch what's going on in the game i think because it'll make me get into the you know competitive headspace mm-hmm. what would i do here what would I, and i and i don't watch streams to to do that i you know there's sometimes i'll watch someone like indo stream and i'll be like all right i'm gonna learn i'm gonna take this as a learning thing but for so long watching someone stream has been a relaxation thing and so i find it really hard to not want to backseat game or you know (laughs) do anything like that but uh but for all those other games i can tend to kind of slip out of it tesla's just it's the game i'm most committed to so i totally get that idea of not having time for multiple games really I don't either. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So here's the thing with this 50 packs card back um, in a legendary card, they're also going to probably release like what it's like 10 packs and a legendary for $5. They, they usually release a starter set, mm-hmm. right? It's like yeah. five bucks. You get 10 packs and a legendary pack. Then they're also going to release two theme decks, which are usually 500 gold and like maybe seven bucks or something like that. Um, if I'm a new player, is it actually financially smarter? Do you think for me to spend what it would be 14 plus five, the 19, like the 20 bucks to get the the 10 packs, the legendary and the two decks. So I'm guaranteed three legendaries. I'm going to get, you know, two 50 card decks. I'm also going to get 10 packs. Is that, is that actually better value than getting the 50 packs, a card back and a legendary card and a title? Or- 
Are you talking about purchasing uh, the starter decks with money? Yeah, so I'm talking about purchasing both starter decks with money, so seven bucks a piece, I think, right? I think that's right. Is seven bucks a piece? That's fourteen bucks, and then the starter pack, which is five packs and a legendary pack, which we've gotten for every set so far, which is five dollars. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at nineteen to twenty dollars to buy those three things. I feel like that is probably actually better for you to do than to blow fifty dollars on fifty packs. Um. Well, okay. So if we do the math here, uh, fifty times six is what? Fifty times six. Uh, I mean, math at 300, 300, 300, yeah, 300. So you're getting 300 cards sure. from, uh, 301 cards. Admittedly, sure. some of them will double up. So you'll, you'll dust down. You'll probably dust about, I don't know, uh, it's 75 cards. You'll probably dust, um, so what's 75 times three? Sorry. <laughs> math. Uh, that would be 225. 225. So you, let's say you probably dust around 50 cards. So you'll get about 250 plus dust, right? Uh-huh. Um, and if you've got 50 packs, um, you're I think you're guaranteed to get a legendary in the first some odd packs. So, so we'll say you, you're almost guaranteed like two legendaries, two, maybe three legendaries. Two, maybe packs. three legendaries. And you get a legendary from that. So you'll end up um with about the same number of legendaries in 50 packs if you don't pull three in 50 packs you are very unlucky it is possible but you're unlucky but you, you're probably going to pull at least three right and then you'll get one from the pre-order so you've got four legendaries which is the okay. same number of legendaries you are likely to get from the two starter packs and the um, the two decks the two decks right mm-hmm. um now you'll get specific legendaries yes right You'll be able to better know what legendaries you're going to get. So there, so there's that. Um, but you'll get less overall cards because you'll get 50 cards in each starter deck, 100, and then you'll get another um, 60. Let's see, 10 times 6, 60. 60. So you'll get about 160 cards as opposed to the approximately 250 cards. Okay. So you'll get you'll get a, you'll get so, a few less cards, but you also spend 30 less dollars. You'll spend 30 less dollars. You'll get you'll have less cards. If the legendaries are really good in the starter decks, if those are the ones you already want, it's probably better to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if now, if you don't like them, so like for instance, Kamira and Zumog Boom, neither of those were very good. Now people argue with me about Zumog, but I'm not high on that guy at all, right? Well, so he's like, not good, but I like him. <laughs> well, there's that, right? Um, so if you judge the value of the legendaries uh, to be lower. I'd probably go with the pre-order, to be honest, because it also helps you fill out the commons and unco- or commons and, and, and rares you know, that you're going to need to play mm-hmm. theme decks. And let's be honest, if we look at the design trends of the last couple sets, Alliance War and Moons of Elsewhere went heavy in on theme and building like uh, mechanic-based decks, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So Consume and Lunar... And then in Alliance War, you had Expertise and, you know, um, um, was a veteran. And so, like, people are going to want to play those new mechanics. They're going to want to play those new synergies. And record, getting Lunar, more... Lunar is Wax slash Wayne, right? Yeah. Yeah, Wax Wayne, Lunar. Wax Wayne, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, people are going to want to play that. So, like, there's, uh, there's pros and cons, but I, I definitely – I totally see the argument – of just going in for the, on the starter decks and stuff because I think that's a very good one. I think we're just going to want to know what those legendaries are before you make that decision and you just kind of decide. Now, I also think, personally, 
um, I, you know, and I don't, I'm not trying to be a shill for the, uh, for Bethesda here. Uh, but if you have the the money to spend and Tesla something you love, I have always advocated not feel now again, financial instability, uh, brand here, but uh, <laughs> I've always, uh, been saying, you know, people spend a couple hundred bucks on new golf clubs and they don't feel bad about it because it's golf. Oh, that's a, that's a classy, you know, a classy thing to do, right? People mm-hmm. spend money on your hobbies. You, you shouldn't feel bad about spending money on your hobby. People people pay hundreds of bucks uh, on the new magic sets whenever those drop. Uh, sometimes thousands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so so I, I don't think you should feel bad if you want to buy the pre-order. Because, it, yeah. you know, if anything, you're supporting the game that you like. And, of course, you're getting a lot of good stuff and, and hopefully a, a good amount of hours of enjoyment from it. So, you know, it's all what can you do that's responsible with your money and we sure. can hopefully help you parse through that. Yeah. I think that, I think that for me, one of the frustrating things when I was a Hearthstone player and I started doing pre-orders was I felt like if I spent 50 bucks and then I would get into it and it was like, I couldn't even build a viable, like I, okay, I got a couple of legendaries and I needed way more of the cards than what I got for that $50. And so it, it if, Sometimes it felt like I the fifty dollars wasn't super well spent um, because it just busted open packs. And if you are a newer player, like I just want you to know, right, that there's options. Like if you have the fifty bucks to spend, I don't think that a dollar a pack is a bad deal with the bonus that you're gonna get some cool stuff on top of that and a legendary pack. I don't I don't think that that's a bad deal in any way. And if you have the fifty bucks and you're planning on spending fifty dollars on packs when the game comes out, do it this way. This is the better way to do it. Um, but if you're like newer to the game and you're not sure, like I really, I want to buy in, right? Like I want to buy in. I want to jump in to this game. I want to invest a little bit more, but I'm not sure if I'm into it enough to spend the $50. Like I also want you to know that after this set releases, you can spend closer to $20, which is under half of what you would have spent getting this. And you could get a pretty sizable chunk of cards from this set and potentially two decks that are going to allow you to sort of experiment around along with some packs to then, you know, sub out some cards in that, in those theme decks that you got to try to experiment around with some of the mechanics that are going to come out in this set. Um, And so there, there is an opportunity if you're a newer player and you're not like, I don't know that I have the 50 bucks or that I want to invest the 50, you can still support this game and invest less money and probably come out the other side of it still feeling like I have some viable things that I can experiment with and play. Um, because I, I think if they, I think a lot of people who look at this, they look, oh man, 50 bucks, I don't want to spend that. But that's the that's the way to get into this, right? That's the way to break into the game. Like I want you to know that if from being a player who's played for a while that I don't necessarily do the 50 bucks. Like I usually buy the, the, the decks and I buy the, the starter set um, just because like that gives me a little bit more of a feel for the expansion and I'm still able to support the, the game financially that way. Um, well, and I think, I think the other pro for the starter decks is simply that if you, if you are a new player, the starter decks should be your focus because mm-hmm. what it's going to do is they're, they're gonna, those are cards that are going to work together a little bit better. Um, so I, yeah, no, I, I can, I can definitely, it, it's for, a good for way to get some staples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it'll probably include some, at least some core cards, uh, in the, in the star decks, mm-hmm. I think the Zumak Boom one, uh, and the, and the Chimera one, uh, those did include some core cards as well. I, I obviously, I think that like, I mean, there's still star decks that I haven't purchased, but that's because I already have the, 
collection pre-established, right? Like sure. that's, yeah. that's not really a very good example. Um, also, one thing I, I, that I thought was really, really interesting that you brought up, which was the Hearthstone pre-order thing. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that is good about Tesla compared to Hearthstone in terms of core design uh, when it comes to opening packs is that there's 20 classes in Hearthstone or in uh, in Tesla. There's 20 classes. Mm-hmm. Technically, uh, 26 if you want to count all the mono colors and mono neutral. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but uh, but it, it, in um, in Hearthstone, oh, see, every not. card you get is locked to that class. Mm-hmm. So. In Tessel, if you get a blue card, that card is viable for what, like nine, eight or nine classes, yes. you know, that you can that you can build it in. So they're they're much more. Every card that you get in Tessel goes way further than in Hearthstone. I've suffered from the same thing with Hearthstone too. You, you, you pre-order, you get a bunch of cards, you think you're going to be able to craft something nice, and of course, I have terrible luck opening packs with Blizzard. Um, I, so the last time, the last uh, pre-order, I pulled a legendary in, in the first 10 packs, which is guaranteed. Um, and then of the 50 packs, I went 37 packs uh, without Ooh. getting another legendary. Now, mind you, we know from data mining. Um, they guarantee it within 40. 40. You'll guarantee in 40. I went 37 without getting another legendary. Uh, so, you know, this is me, you know, <laughs> with, with Hearthstone. Yeah, and so I, I definitely feel like Tesla, it, it's, it's much it's a little bit better for your dollar. The packs, obviously you get one more card, but you also, uh, uh, the, the cards go further. Yeah. Okay. So, um, th- there are three cards that got revealed and, and honestly, DB, and I'm kind of looking at our time and we've been at this about an hour. Um, so I think we're going to probably postpone some of the crafting guide stuff for the next episode, because we had a lot of announcements and, and this is a big announcement with the, with the oblivion, the jaws of oblivion expansion coming out. Um, but there's three new cards that have been announced and revealed. And of course we're in reveal season now. So there's, there's going to be some reviews going on between, you know, me and, and, uh, and Ian about the cards that are coming out. But let me look at the first one. I'll let you take the second. So the first one is the blood crazed Daedroth. I, th- I think that's how that you would yeah. pronounce it is Daedroth. And this is a three mana, um, three, two strength. This is red, um, Daedra character or Daedra card. It is uh, a rare and it reads summon draw a card. If there is a wounded creature in this lane, um, Ian first impressions about this card. When you saw this card, what are you, what are you thinking about it? Well, it's card draw. Which anytime you have card draw, you have to be careful. Not not I guess careful. You have to be. It should be on your radar. Mm-hmm. Anytime yeah, you have sure. card draw, it should absolutely be on your radar. One of the things that's really neat about this is that it um, it, you just have to have a wounded creature when you play it down, uh, and so you can make part of your trade. If you're mm-hmm. trading up two creatures, let's say you're playing a token crusader and you want to play this card in there, you know. Um, you can trade a marked man in, wound a creature. You're intending to trade another creature in, but you you put the marked man in, damage it, play the blood craze Daedroth, and then um, you get the you get the card draw, and then finish off your trade later. So the the, the effect is actually fairly easy to proc um, unless you're running into a control matchup where they're kind of removing your things one for one. Uh, in which or case, no this, one's playing much anything. Yeah, or nobody's really playing creatures, or they play something shadow. So, so the issue with this is that it competes with other three drops for card draw. Um, mm-hmm. Now, granted, in red, 
The only other, uh, kind of, I think the three drop cards are Stronghold Patrol, which is not used a whole lot. Uh, okay. Typically because red pairs with um, blue or Purple. it pairs with uh, pr- blue. Yeah, so red, red actually Warrior is struggling right now, but but red plays with, uh, pairs with uh, yellow for Crusader, and Crusader has so much card draw, you don't need another card draw for Crusader. Yes, and then red true. pairs with Battle Mage, and typically Battle Mage plays super blitzy and doesn't really care about card draw. Mm-hmm. Now, the, where this could see play is actually Warrior, um, in which you typically want to get to your bigger threats like Sowers, uh, Wood Orc Headhunters, and stuff like that. Um, in which case, yeah, like um, it, it also is helpful because it's any wounded creature, not just an enemy creature. And typically, Warrior has big, chonky threats, big, you know, beefy back ends. Like mm-hmm. you're looking at um, Young Mammoth, which typically takes two trades to get into. Um, so in this case, Blood Crazed Ajoth could actually provide, um, fill a little bit of a, of a gap in the card draw that Warrior used to have with Ash Berserker. Um, so yeah, hopefully, um, I, again, it kind of competes with East March and Crusader and Crusader's Assault. I don't think this will ever see play in Crusader, which is probably the strongest, uh, overall aggro deck right now, at least in my estimation. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, this is one of those cards that I look at and I'm like, this is a cool card. And I think when there's a rotation and there's less card draw, uh, options, um, this has a much higher chance of seeing competitive play. Right, like th- this card only benefits from having a thinner field of cards to choose from. Um, and, and most cards are that way, but some cards are like combo cards that want a larger draw. I think there's actually a card in this set that's that that's true for that we've already seen revealed. But I think this card just becomes more powerful with less opportunities to draw. And 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 so if you you get into a scenario where you just don't have a lot of really great options to draw, then a three mana three two that could draw you a card becomes a better option for drawing. And and so I think this card will get experimented with because it is card draw. I don't know that it's going to see a ton of play until we, we see a rotation or see some cards moved out of the, out of, you know, what is usable in the meta. So, yeah, now it should be noted. Actually. Um, I, one of the things that I said, um, when the, when moons of elsewhere came out was the, um, was it, uh, Suthe something or other, the, the three mana two, yeah. two, three mm-hmm. one that can become a three, three with, Oh no! Drain. Is it, is it, yeah, it's either a golden initiate or it's a three mana two two draw card. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of saying I think this card will see play, and everyone's like it's bad, and I'm like it'll still see play somewhere, and it did. Uh, yes. The card uh-huh. still sees play, uh, not just in lunar decks, but occasionally in kind of green late control or or, or combo. I've seen it in scout a, a fair amount with people experimenting with in scout. Anytime something says draw a card, it will see play, even. You know, even in niche scenarios, there will always be a situation where something will see play if it says draw a card. Yes. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting one. I hope I hope that it will see play because it's cool. Here, my real question is why isn't this a wood elf, right? Like the identity of wood elf is they do things when there's creatures in the lane that are damaged. And this yeah, is this is it. It's, but it's not a wood elf. It's a daedra. That's true. It's a giant crocodile man. Yeah, uh, yeah, real big crocodile guy. I don't even uh, know what a daedra is. They are, yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess they're allowed to be whatever they want. So why don't uh, you tell yeah. us about this next one, the, the first legendary card that we've seen? Right, yeah. So one of the legendary cards, it does look uh, non-unique. Um, it's it a uh, blue action. It costs 10. It's called Forces of Destruction. And then we actually don't really know what it does. 
because uh, yeah, it uses sure. the new mechanic invade. So it says invade, comma, then summon random Daedra with a total cost 10. Yes. Yeah. So what is invade? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, because <laughs> this card is either really good or not very good. Oh, okay. Do you, do you want to, do you want to give me a take first? Sure, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my take. Like, I don't really know what to think, right? Like, if Invade benefits you strongly, then this card is super good. It could be. Like, 10 mana worth of random Daedra could, like, fill your board potentially, or at least put several out. And it doesn't seem like it will give you an 8 drop, and then, oh, the next one we chose is a 4, so you only get an 8. Like, it's going to fill out your curve, right? You're going to get 10 mana worth of creatures on turn 10, and you're going to trigger whatever this invade ability is. That that seems strong. If invade is strong. If invade isn't strong, then this isn't very good. If it is strong, this could be a pseudo-conscription card of random Daedra, which are typically pretty powerful two turns before conscription. That's only in blue. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it seems strong to me. Yeah. So here's... Here's the thing. So we so we don't I don't know. This is a hypothesis on the invade thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. It says summon otherworldly oblivion gates and build their havoc wreaking power. I've got to assume that what that will do is set up some sort of effect in which you fuel the gates. Perhaps sure. summoning Daedra fuels the gates. That 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 might be something here. But regardless, even without the invade thing, yeah, this is basically a random conscription. That doesn't pull from your deck, but generates. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's odd about it, I'm going to assume you pick a lane that to, for them to start in. Um, but what's odd here is that it's competing and actually adding a third um, end game win condition. So I was talking about this actually with um, Silverfuse and Dragon Tamer Blade, uh, both awesome content creators, by the way. Um, I was talking to them about this, and, and we were kind of like lamenting the idea that late game uh, Tessel is kind of dictated by one of either two, like like win condition finishers, quote unquote. You know, uh, which is if you're not if you're playing control, predominantly you're going towards conscription or rage. Now, yes, yes like Lunar that's one of the two. Exists. Like Lunar Monk exists, but it's a grind out kind of old Scott old style attrition list like you used to see in, in the older days of uh, Tessel. But the, these two cards have dominated, especially tournament play, where you just need some sort of big tempo swing and you just end the game. They're intended to stop Tessel from going long, right? I think this is the an idea. I think this is intended to offer another way of doing that. Which mm-hmm. I think is a good thing. One of the things Hearthstone does really well, and it does a lot of things not very well, but it, it basically provides lots of endgame finishers. You know, it's always every every class has some sort of big endgame, you know, explosive, you know, wow, that was a huge legendary high impact, board clear, board wipe, reset, you know, oh, it's gonna put a bunch of stuff on my board now. You have to deal with it. Do you have your big, you know, whatever? And I think that like in Tesla, obviously it's much more muted, but Cards like um, Rage and Conscription need other cards like them to diversify the environment. And I think Mm -hmm. that this is a – I think, and I'm guessing, this could be an attempt to bring something else to the forefront, another way to end the game uh, like those two cards. 
So so what if invade so let, let's just let's just throw this out here. What if invade is a separate counter? Right? L- l- just say hypothetically. Let's say hypothetically mm-hmm. invade is a separate counter that every time you play a card with invade increases that counter. And the higher that counter is, the more it sort of like benefits or improves maybe Daedra, maybe specific cards that you've summoned, w- whatever it may be. So uh, like, right, so let's say you're, you're summoning 10 cost worth of Daedra, but because you're invading ahead of time, it may be buffing some of those cards that you summon because your invade counter goes up. Um, because, like, looking at what they've described so far, and, I, and I'm also trying to consider, right, like, you can't just be summoning Oblivion Gates in the lanes the whole time, because this game has to still be formatted for a mobile client. So uh, whatever they do, someone has to be able to pick up their iPhone and understand what the freaking crap is going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and really, they don't have any room on the mobile app anymore unless it's a counter of some type. And it, it, it kind of makes me feel like they might be introducing something new with this invade mechanic where there's going to be some sort of in, some sort of counter and then maybe there's specific cards that interact with that counter. Um, that's like, okay, in the background, like, okay, you have five Oblivion Gates open or you have two Oblivion, Oblivion Gates open because you played invade X amount of times. And maybe there's some cards that I can get that, like, can lower your invade counter over – I mean, this is all – completely hypothetical but i was just trying to come up with like how could they possibly add in these oblivion gates in a significant way that can also be played on an iphone and i i can't come up with a whole lot of ways outside of a a relatively non-intrusive counter that this is going to be working with um yeah i have no idea it's so vague. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I hope that it's cool. And I think it, it should be. Like, if, if they – see, here's the thing. Like, if they put all this mystery around it, if they use Oblivion, which is really their last giant IP that they can use to draw people that have played the Elder Scrolls series into Tessel, right? We, I talked about this with DT Blade. Um, and then they, they – they, I mean, they clearly announced Invade and had to have known that they didn't explain it. Right? It oh, wasn't yeah. like – it wasn't like they announced it and they're like, oh, we missed the explanation port of the portion of the blog. Like, they knew that people were going to want to know what it is. Yeah, build type. Yeah, I, and it's then, per, it's com- yeah, it's pretty standard marketing. Like, here's something and you don't know all the implications yet and you're mm-hmm. just going to have to stay tuned in. So they can't but, – but in previous expansions, they sort of let us know, right? When they came out with Wax Wayne and Consume, we knew what those mechanics did from the get-go, I think. Um, with Invade, we don't. Am I am I right in that? Am I wrong, I, right or wrong? I honestly don't remember. I think that I think that I'm right in that. Anyway, even if I'm not, like they they have to come through now, right? Like invade can't be crappy or stupid or insignificant. Like it's got to be something relatively important because yeah. they fight it this way. Yeah, I mean it's it, I I have to imagine it's a more it's it's more complicated than Waxwing. Waxwing was so it, it was fairly simple. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's it's it's. I'm, consume I'm saying, is even more simple. Yeah, consume and, and waxman were simple enough that like it didn't need didn't merit a lot of explaining. If we're looking at invade and 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 I've heard rumors that it's supposed to be a little bit complicated. If, if invade requires more than a paragraph of explanation, they're going to want examples to be able to put out with it. You know, that's true. Uh, and that's so I've just got to imagine it's something. Whether it's super cool or not cool, I just have to imagine it's probably because it's. Um, complicated it's probably going to need some examples and explanation and they don't want to give out you know they don't want to spoil like six or seven cards and really bog down the article you know they just want it's just a quick teaser you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
Okay, so we have one last card, and this is um, the Siege Crawler. So the Siege Crawler is an 11 mana, 15-15 um, creature. It's a Daedra. It has Breakthrough. It's epic, and um, it is a neutral card. So anybody can play this. It's 11 mana, 15-15, Breakthrough, Daedra, neutral. Um, what, do you, what do you think about this, DBN? There's been some talk around the Siege Crawler, too. If this, if this is just a pack filler, does this see play? Well... <clears throat> I have several thoughts. Uh, the the first at first glance, my thought is, dang, I wish this art was on a better card. <laughs> yeah, because this is really cool art. So good. I mm. really want primos. I want primos of this card, and I don't say that often. Mm, I really okay. want primos. I mean, for those who I obviously know you guys can't see it. Hopefully, you'll go look it up. Um, but it's this giant insectoid-looking thing, like looming over this town, like 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 like. 10 times bigger than this town it's trampling on and lava is just drooling out of its giant maw mm-hmm. like lava is it's so drool like lava drool oh it's oh my god it's terrifying but cool so yeah i mean this thing's uh the art is beautiful um so props to the artist um here's the thing um it's bad and it's, it's bad, bad because going tall is bad I mean, here, like, like Dwarven Colossus doesn't see play outside of my Transmogrify decks. And the only reason <laughs> I play it in my Transmogrify decks is because it summons guards in both lanes, right? And I need, usually by the time I Transmogrify, I need something to slow down my opponent's aggression so that I can then go swing for 11 to the face, right? So, like, and it would be better. And, like, in a Transmogrify Sorcerer, which I happen to think is among the best ways to play Transmogrify, you just play Iron Atronach instead of Dwarven uh colossus so like dwarven colossus has utility and and yeah the stats aren't as good but for the same cost 11 might 11 and 15 might as well be the same like 11 Mm -hmm. and 15 might as well be the same number okay because for the amount of times this thing will literally just be javelin fell the mighty ban you know cast into time leaf lurkered like there's like it i've talked about this i think with you and the point is after turn five or six, stats don't matter. Not nearly as much. No, the effects do, and this doesn't affect the board in, in any yeah. way. Yeah. Now, there is one thing about this that does kind of shift a little bit, which is this is the highest of roles for Heretic Conjurer. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's cool. That's scary. That's Reddit is going to explode day one with everybody complaining about getting high rolled yeah. by Heretic Conjurer and Siege Crawler. Do we do we have what, do we have another eleven drop creature in the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwarven to, right? Colossus. Yeah. Dwarven Colossus is, is eleven. Uh, okay. Marak. It, actually, oh, it yeah, does okay. it so, does so. reduce the odds of pulling Marak off of Barrelzar's Tinkering or Desperate Conjuring uh, mm-hmm. by uh, by one by a factor of one. Yeah, or even the guy, uh, right? The the bloke who who his his last gasp is to summon a creature. Oh yeah, the uh, the spy master. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. So that that does sort of muddy up that that uh yeah that mana cost for people who are hoping to pull a Marak randomly. Yeah, um, but I mean, at a certain point, like you know, Marak was what a one in four 
or one and five before, and now it's a one and five or a one and six. It's like I think at a certain point, if your barrels are tinkering or desperate contracts, something you're happy no matter what it is. If you're if you're bringing it up to an eleven coster. So this is what I was trying to come up with, right? So there was a rage warrior for a while that ran the vampire, who's I don't know, like a six or seven mana or seven or eight mana, um, eight eight that doubles the mana gain that you gain whenever you gain Magicka. And then um, once you have like 18 Magicka, it becomes a 16-16 with Breakthrough. And there was some some ramp warriors that were ramping far enough to be able to play that and then in the same turn also play um, Rage on it and be able to, you know, break through all of your creatures for like 15 points of damage or, you know, 13 points of damage each in, in one shot you. And I was like, okay, does this – does that make – that was Warrior, right? So is there a viable deck now that doesn't have to run that chick that can ramp up to play this Enrage on the same turn? And then I was like, no, there's not. Because the only deck that can ramp is decks that have purple in it. And if that's the case, you're never going to run this card. You're always going to run that giant vampire over this card. Well, so technically that's not true. Uh, green has what I call pseudo-ramp which is temporary magical ramp. And mm-hmm. you can actually, and so that's actually the foundation of my um, scale on Swift Strike build, which is running Astrid and Brotherhood Slayers and Torval Extortionist and Brynjolf to ideally be able to bring in the Hulking scale on. I've actually brought it in on turn five before. Um, mm. And now it, it's not super consistent. You can ramp uh, in green and get things out under curved. Technically you could also do it with um, Lady Sills Cruelty, which is a blue card that can blow something up and refund Magicka, but of course minus two because of the cost of the card to play it. Uh, unless you wanted to, say, use your Mage's Guild Recruit to reduce the cost of Lady Sills Cruelty ahead of time, and then you could go um, Lady Sills Cruelty on your five drop and get uh, uh, five Magicka and then drop Siege Crawler on six. But that's a lot of uh, fabrication mm-hmm. uh, for <laughs> something that's not a super good effect. Uh, when a, when you, I mean, at this point, if you're trying to uh, OTK rage with Seize Crawler, you, you're right. You, you know, you might as well do it with the uh, the, the vampire, the vampire. Or, or 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 just bog champ. Just play just play bog lurcher and give him an improvised weapon. You sure, know? that's probably better. Just yeah. that, that is just probably better. <laughs> right. Just in general. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was trying to come up with a way. I was like, does it make another one of these rage decks viable? But the only way that rage deck like that is like the OTK rage decks are viable is if you have enough ramp to be able to pull it off. And in that case, you're running purple anyway. I mean, yeah, you could. But I mean, this with rage is 19 mana, right? And so in order to to make that happen in a deck that doesn't wear any ramp, that means you have to have seven uh, contracts in your hand. Yeah. Plus this, plus a, a rage. So that means you have to have nine of your cards have to be used up with to be able to pull this combo off. That, you know, so you're you're gonna be playing you're gonna be playing purple anyway. It no. is, is is the point that I'm making. It's you're gonna be playing purple, yeah. so this card isn't good. This card, however, eleven mana, fifteen, fifteen breakthrough. If you're an arena player, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have worse options than this a lot of times. So here's one thing that I think we might be missing. Um, which is context, right? Um, so a card like this, I think, might be intended to be, see, oh, here's a pack filler. Oh, yeah. And then once we find out what the invade mechanic is, we might be looking at this card like, oh, man, 
because do you remember in Hearthstone the recruit mechanic? Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which basically would be like recruit six, and you'd pull a six drop from your deck. Yes, and pull it onto right? the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so one one thing we already know is that tall creatures aren't super good in the game, right? Because you invest all your magicka in them, and then they just get javelin. So if you play an 11 drop, and it gets removed by a four-cost fell the mighty, you're feeling pretty bad. Your yes. opponent basically spent, you know, a quarter of what you spent, and then they still get to develop, mm-hmm. right? Because they're the same magic as you. But if Invade has something to do with being able to pull things from your deck after building up the power on your Oblivion Gates, it might just be that Siege Crawler sits in your deck. Hopefully, ho- you're hoping you don't draw it because eventually you're going to bring it through the portal. You know oh, what I mean? oh, oh, I like that. Oh, yes. I like that. So maybe invade is that you you like you build that you build that oblivion gate up and then you can trigger it to like pull Daedra from your deck of a certain mana cost or something. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean that I mean invade fe- evade like if you think about the word, it feels yeah. very you know well, it seems pretty board centric. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, there's so much. You know what? What do you? <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to evaluate three cards without knowing basically no anything. Yeah, no context <laughs> whatsoever. The point is they're cool. They're they're definitely cool. I think that Forces of Destruction almost looks like, even without knowing much about Invade, just seems kind of a shoe-in in blue control. Like, it already seems really strong without even knowing what Daedra are coming out in this set. Um, and once again, context could mean that it's not great, but I think that it is. it could be a really powerful card. Yeah, I mean, um, oh, it also, um, it's an action that summons things, um, so it'll be solid and transmogrify. Yeah, that is true. It actually will be a really good finisher in transmogrify. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, putting tra- transmogrify on the map for the first time. Listen, man, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Um, well, <laughs> that's about what we have from the, the Jaws of Oblivion initial conversation about that. Um, like, I, we, like I said, we've been in this almost an hour and a half now. Um, and, uh, you know, I try to keep, we try to keep the episodes at, at a point where you can listen to them on your, on your drive to, to and from work throughout the week. Um, but one last big announcement, and that is that, um, Legends Cast has a card reveal, um, and you don't get to hear about it. Sorry, right now. Um, but next week, um, what is next Friday? It's like October 3rd, maybe, I think, October 4th, um, something like that. We will be releasing our episode, and in next week's episode, we will be discussing a new card that's going to be coming out in the Jaws of Oblivion expansion that we specifically will be revealing. And then we're going to reveal the artwork and the stuff for that card um, on reddit as well and so that's going to be one of the next that's going to be the next episode of the big announcement for for me and ian on the next episode is going to be discussing and reviewing the card that we're going to get the chance to reveal on the show which is really really exciting and i guess maybe we won't be streaming next week because then we'll be actually revealing it on tuesday instead of re- <laughs> instead of revealing yeah. it on on friday <laughs> but um we'll, we'll see maybe we'll do a section of of review that's off stream and then do the rest of the show on stream we'll, we'll have to see how that's going to work out um, or maybe I'm lying and it will get revealed next Tuesday instead of next Friday, and I'll get permission for that. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have to figure it out. I didn't think about that until until I just now thought about it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that that's exciting. So we got the card uh, today, and I'm really excited to get a chance to talk about it. Never dreamed in a million years I would be able to reveal something for a card game. 
you know, envious of those Hearthstone players and, and Tesla players throughout the years that got to reveal something. And now I get to be one of those people revealing a card, which is really exciting. Yeah, it feels good, man. Yeah. <laughs> it feels it real does. good. And it's a good time to be a Tesla player. We got this new set coming out. It's right around the corner. It'll probably pretty much make our uh, our our crafting guide um, useless in you know a week and a half. But true, true, true. Yeah. But that that's it. Yeah, I, you know, it's also uh, Daedra being spooky, spooky, scary things in the month of October. Oh, Daedra. that's true. That is true. Yeah, we had some Halloween themed. Yeah, a Halloween uh, Tesla set, guys. <laughs> Halloween Tesla set, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's how they designed it, but, I mean, just by the art on these three cards, it's like they're Halloween-ish. Yeah, they're spooky. Looks like uh, the Siege Crawler could be a giant pumpkin spewing <laughs> lava. <laughs> Somebody could could definitely put like Saudi or somebody could Photoshop a pumpkin on its head. Yeah, yeah, like forces of destruction looks like a guy in a devil costume, and blood crazed uh, Daedroth looks like someone dressed up as Killer Croc. So yeah, it it looks like a uh, like a um, monster movie, you know, like a like a 70s monster movie, but with better visuals. It does. It does. We should we should message with us and tell them we found the new marketing scheme for this set. Oh, oh you know what it looks like? <laughs> you know what it looks like? It looks like that uh, that lizard monster that fought Kirk in, in Star Trek. <laughs> oh, you're going to hate me, but I'm Star Wars, not Star Trek. No, no, you've seen the memes, though, right? Of the really crummy fist fight with Kirk, you know, I, on the planet. There's I this dude dressed up in this really oversized, like you can tell he doesn't have any mobility in this like lizard it's costume. <laughs> Maybe I have yeah, yeah, yeah. seen it, just don't know it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this thing looks lethal. I'll, I'll say that. This, this, oh, lizard, sure. this lizard looks really lethal. Um, okay, well, hey, let's let's wrap things up. Uh, Ian, how can people get connected with what you're doing and, and the content that you're putting out for Tessel and the other games that you're playing as well? Yeah, so uh, you can check me out on twitch.tv slash deadbrokenerd. I stream Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, usually starting around 9, 9.30, and usually going to about uh, 1 o'clock. Uh, sometimes I get to go a little later, but uh, it just depends on the schedule for that day. Um, and then, of course, you can check out my YouTube page. I'm putting a lot of effort into that these days. For the last month and a half, I've been putting out about three videos a week uh, well, for both Elder Scrolls. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> but it, it's been nice, and, and I think that there's been a really, really lovely response. People have been very nice and and saying nice things on my comments. Um, so maybe that'll change, but uh, so far it's been fun. Uh, and yeah, so I do content on Elder Scrolls Legends, obviously, uh, put out plenty of videos on that. Also Gwent, uh, occasionally Hearthstone when I when I feel like I have a deck that's worth you know doing anything with. Uh, but uh, also more recently with Mythgard. In fact, um, not to be not Legends-based, but I did just post a video on my YouTube that's pinned to the top, uh, which kind of breaks down what's new and different about Mythgard, why it's any different from all these other silly card games that I that I find myself playing. But uh, I do have two new Elder Scrolls Legends videos going up this week, so stay tuned. Awesome. Uh, next week, uh, to catch, catch what we're doing, you can email me at eslegendscast at gmail.com. Um, stay connected to the, what we're doing, too, because, uh, I mean, I think that the Twitter will come out um, probably in the next couple of weeks. We have commissioned a guy to do a logo for the show, so we're going to be I'm going to be looking at to actually potentially putting out some merch um, for the show. It's probably like, you know, 
150 episodes too early to do something like that, but I kind of thought it would be cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to dig on that and look into that. Um, as always, uh, you know me, like if you have a, you need someone to be praying for you or listen to you, you're going through a tough season in life. Um, email me at eslegendscast at gmail.com. And if you want to support what, uh, Ian and I are doing with Legends Cast, if you find value in this podcast and you want to give value back, um, check out our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com, search for Legends Cast. Um, we have four patrons right now, and so I want to make sure that I just recognize those four patrons because I could forget to do it. And that would be awful, and I should have done it at the beginning of the show, guys. I'm so, so sorry because I did I did neglect to, to mention something. So Lord Raymond and Benjamin Wyatt, we mentioned last episode, they're patrons, and we're very thankful for that. And then, um, honestly, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce your name correctly, um, but Berger, B-E-R-J-A-E, is now a supporter of the show as well. We're really thankful for you, man, and and, and you've been in our Discord uh, for a while. I really appreciate that. And then Jonathan Schiebel is another um, supporter of our show, so I'm really support, uh, really appreciate that. So thank you so much, guys, for being supporters of Legends Cast. And once again, if you want to give value back to what we're doing, you can go to um, uh, Patreon.com and search for Legends Cast, and you can support us there. A couple bucks a month goes a long way to help me and Ian continue to do what we're doing here um, with the show. Last but not least, the best way to connect with me and Ian and a lot of the other folks is to, to go join our Discord. So you can find a link to that um, at Team Rankstar, and you can also find a link to that usually on our Reddit posts, uh, an invite link. So make sure you come and join our Discord and join our community um, over there talking about Elder Scrolls Legends. Um, uh, DBN, anything else you want to plug uh, or, or comments you have before we get out of here? No, I'm just really excited to be starting this uh, this cool little journey working together with you, Mark. And uh, one thing that you actually reminded me of, um, definitely if you guys are new to the game and you need somebody to uh, look at a deck list or something like that, you can definitely put it in the Discord. There's a deck tech uh, option in there. I prowl it pretty regularly. But if you don't feel comfortable with that, um, but I'm both Mark and I are happy to receive uh, things, but for me specifically, Discord and Twitter DMs are the best place if you want to get in contact with me for anything. But also, um, I'm constantly fielding people sending me lists, and when I get a chance, I'm always happy to look at them, give you some feedback, or say, "Wow, this is really cool. Can I steal that idea?" Because uh, I do that quite often. There's a lot of the cool things. I honestly think that um, collaboration uh, is the uh, you know is the way that people innovate. So um, feel free. I'm always happy to talk. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Legends Cast. Make sure you come back next week. Tune into our Discord and any other outlets through um, Ian or myself just to get connected without, you know, really any other information that's out there because there is going to be some new developments of things when we're going to be going on Twitch live, um, when we're going to have the Twitter set up, merch. All of those things are going to be announcements that are going to be coming in the next couple of weeks. So make sure that you uh, you stay tuned with us and know exactly what's going to be going on because we're going to be doing some some expanding and some development for the show in, in the next couple of weeks um other than that that's going to do it for this episode of uh of legends cast um thanks for tuning in with us and we'll catch you back next week thanks for listening to legends cast a podcast about the cards the meta and the community of elder scrolls legends if you want to support legends cast you can always leave us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts or you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash legendscast. Be sure to come back next week and make sure that you check out our sponsor, both Inked Gaming 
and Team Rankstar at TeamRankstar.com.